Hello, everybody. Welcome to Garage Days at Gwinnett Tech. I am your host, Robert Bauman, the program director of the General Automotive Program here at Gwinnett Tech. If you are a new listener, welcome aboard. Hopefully, the description piqued your interest and you're looking forward to learning about the automotive industry through the eyes of an educator and an educational facility. If you are a returning listener, thank you so very much for your support. Hopefully, we have the hook set and you're really enjoying the content we're putting out there. What is Gwinnett Tech? Well, we are a two-year technical college located just outside Atlanta, Georgia, and we offer 140 different programs, including automotive technology, or as I like to say, if you have a taste, we have a flavor. If you want to find out any further information about any of those 140 different programs or automotive technology, please visit our website at gwinnetttech.edu. Well, when I first started this podcast, I never imagined I was going to do an episode about this. I just wanted to merely talk to the audience about the automotive industry as we see it as educators at an educational facility. I wanted to talk about the challenges that we face as instructors, the rapidly changing automotive technology, how we teach that to this future technician student base that we have, how we get them employed in our industry to keep it alive and thriving, and then sprinkle in some fun automotive stuff on top of it. I also wanted to do some guest interviews with people who support our program, as well as former and current students, so you guys get to see what they're going through as well. But then something happened, and the world kind of went off the rails for a bit and took a turn to the far side. Yes, I'm talking about the COVID-19 pandemic. So what I would like to talk about in this episode is how COVID affected us, how we dealt with it at the height, how we continue to deal with it, and what we have learned moving forward so we are prepared in case something like this would happen again, but also how we improved as instructors as a result of this pandemic. You know, it was one of those things that you kind of never forget where you were when it happened. I remember watching the news in the weeks leading up to the beginning of it and seeing that something was going on. Weren't quite sure what it was. At that point, I don't think anybody did. And so on a Thursday in March of 2020, we were getting ready to go home for the weekend and call it a week. And our dean at the time, Phoebe, gathered all of us together and said she had something to talk about. She told us that she had been hearing things on and off and had been in some meetings and wasn't quite sure and nothing definitive or in concrete but we may not have school next week. So she had encouraged us to take our hard drives home and maybe something that we could use in case we weren't going to be in school for a little bit. All of us instructors back up everything that we do on portable hard drives. I myself back up everything for the whole semester, then I bring that hard drive home and I transfer it to yet another hard drive at my home computer so that in the event that I have to work from home, whether I'm sick or on vacation, I always have access to the most up-to-date current information that I have put together over the last semester. I also back it up into the cloud so I have an extra copy of all of my work. And not just because of grades or anything relating to our accreditation, but as instructors, we create a lot of material on our own to share with our students. We put together PowerPoints, we put together videos we make, interviews, things like that. And so we put a lot of work into that and we don't want to lose that. So we always back it up on these external hard drives. 
So when I went home that day, I grabbed my hard drive, looked around my office and said, well, you know, maybe I'll grab my rosters and my attendance book and I'll grab my webcam. In case I have to have a meeting with these students, at least I can talk to them, see who showed up, give them attendance up to the date. And then I have the material that I've created where I can put that into their CDX shells and we can continue on with the learning process. As we went through that weekend, more and more schools in, in our area were closing down. And sure enough, over the weekend, we received the email and a call from Phoebe saying that, yes, indeed, the school was closing. We were not going to have class come Monday morning. They did not know how long. They just knew that we weren't going to be coming back on Monday. So she had instructed us to reach out to our students and tell them they were essentially getting a week off. We weren't going to be teaching class that week, and that week was designed to give us sort of a, a real quick plan, put our heads together and say, how are we going to finish this semester off? At the time, we happened to be pretty lucky where we were in the semester. We had just finished week 12. So our students had completed all the required task sheets and assignments that were for our accreditation. Usually the last four weeks of the semester, we do what I like to say, tying it all together. So the students have gone through and they've done the individual tasks, they've done the tasks that are required by our accreditation, and we bring everything together in as real world of conditions as we can. I was teaching engine performance, so what I would have done at that point is I would have bugged cars with real problems. Now the students aren't required to turn in task sheets for that. It's just a way for us instructors to sort of wrap everything up that they've learned in that semester gives them a, self, a sense of self-accomplishment when they can go through and they can take a car that has a problem and diagnose it and fix it. And then we have our final exam review. We usually have a cleanup day. So we were lucky in the sense that we had gotten to that point in the semester before we were told to stop. So I sent an email to all of my students and I told them that we were off that week. We came back after a week and we started finishing off the semester online. We had watched some videos. We had talked about what we had done up to that point. Basically a big review. We made sure that everybody was caught up on their paperwork. And then we as instructors did things like from home, like made a couple of little videos showing them how we would have done some of the stuff that we did in class. And we prepared for the final exam and then they took the final exam. At that point, the school told us we were going to have a little bit longer of a break than usual between the spring and summer semester. And that was going to give us time to prepare for how we were going to get through the summer semester. Because now at this point, it became apparent we weren't getting back to school anytime soon. The most important thing is giving these students an education, but giving them a safe education. And believe me, up to this point, this was the hardest test that we've had of keeping these students safe and teaching them as well. Now, during that time when this whole thing first started, the CDC guidelines, the state guidelines, the school guidelines, well, boy, they were changing almost on a daily basis. I was on the phone every day with Phoebe, and we were trying to discuss ways that we could continue on with the summer semester and still meet all of these safe guidelines to ensure that the students were safe. The first big solution that came down was they stated we could have no more than 10 students plus one instructor in the classroom. Our lab is much bigger, so we were allowed to double that. We could have 20 students and two instructors. Well, we run two classes simultaneously during the day and two classes simultaneously at night. So that would have been a challenge because then I could have only brought in 10 students with me and my other instructor that was teaching during the day, he could have only brought in 10 students plus him. So I took a deep breath and I looked at that and said, I don't know if that's going to work. I called Pam, our administrative assistant. 
You remember her from a couple of episodes ago. And she really has her pulse on on what's going on with the students, how many students are enrolled, how many are in our waiting list, how many need to go through that are currently here and when they graduate. And just talking with her back and forth, I said, well, we have a problem and, and we have to figure something out. We have to kind of think outside the box. The easiest thing to do, and I did have this option, was to just say, I'm going to cut my classes down, my class enrollment down to 10 students. And I said, I can't do that. If I do that, not only is our waiting list going to get even longer, but the students that are going through the program now are going to take a longer time to finish and graduate. And I was really taking a chance on two things happening. The students that are waiting, saying I'm not waiting anymore and leaving and dropping off the wait list and going to another school, or the students that were currently enrolled saying, I don't have that extra time to sit here and finish out my degree or diploma, and then dropping out of the program. So education is important to me, but also the student safety is important. It's, it's paramount to me. I don't want any students to come in here to get hurt or get injured or get sick. So while it would have been easy to cut my class down, the army in me said, nope, that is unacceptable. I am going to adapt and overcome, and I am going to find a way to get through this problem without diminishing the students on my waiting list and not requiring the students that are here to be here longer, and I'm going to do it safely. So initially what I did was our classes normally were 25 students at that point. I knocked it down to 20, and I said, well, I can knock it down to 20, and that way I can split the class into two groups, group A and group B with 10 students apiece. Everything that we do in the classroom, lectures, theory, uh, reviews, all of that kind of stuff, we will just live stream and the students will watch from home. And I can therefore speak to all 20 students. And then when we come in the lab, we will break it down into group A and group B. So I ran that by the instructors and I ran it by Phoebe. She accepted it. The school accepted it. And I said, okay, we're off to the races. The problem with this was it caused all of us instructors to really rethink the way that we had did things. Now, up to that point, what we would traditionally do is bring all the students into the classroom. We would do our lecture. We would do our theory. We would do anything classroom like that. And then we would walk out in the lab with all of the students. Well, we couldn't do that anymore. So we had to sort of embrace this technology and be able to project all of this material, all of this theory to these students remotely and only bring them in when they had to do the hands-on portion. I did a lot of research. I talked to some people at universities and come to find out that they had actually been doing this stuff for a little while because of their large audiences in some of their classes. So I was able to pick up some pointers. I was able to get some really good software to use for both editing videos and sharing content. And we used GoToMeeting to talk back and forth with our students. And it seemed like it was going to work. I'll admit the first semester or two, uh, we were a little shaky in how we did that, but we seemed to get better as time went on. The other thing that happened was the school was very supportive of this, and they invested in whole room camera systems. What is that? Well, it's a camera that sits on the wall in the back of the classroom, and it follows you around the classroom. So as you're speaking and lecturing, the camera is following you. You can zoom it in. So if I had a component that I wanted to show these students, I could zoom it in on that component, and they could see it nice and large. And there were microphones embedded in the ceiling, so no matter where we walked around in our classrooms, the students would be able to hear us clearly. And you know, that was just one of the things that the school did to really support this move through the pandemic. 
They invested in this equipment, and boy, I'm telling you, they took sanitation and cleaning to a whole new level. For the first couple semesters, we were only allowed to come onto campus just to teach our classes, and then we had to leave afterwards. And by the way, for us, automotive, that was just the labs. So if we were doing a lecture, we did it from home, and then when we would come in for the lab, we would walk in, we would go straight to the lab, not to our offices or anything like that. The students would come in through the front of the building, they would go directly into the lab, masked, social distance, hand sanitizer, everything. We would perform the labs, and then they would walk out of the lab the opposite direction that they came in. Once we were done with that, we had facilities come through behind us and they did a deep clean. They would clean the areas that the students were in, they would clean the vehicles that we worked on, and they would even clean the tools that we handled. So they were sanitizing to, to the 10th level to make sure that anything that may have come into that building was cleaned out and disinfected before the next round of students arrived. Once the regulations relaxed a little bit and we were able to go in and lecture from the classrooms, that's when those whole room cameras came into effect. And then we weren't doing anything from home. We would come in, we would do the lectures from our classroom, and still after that we would leave and, and go home. We weren't spending a lot of time in the campus mingling and talking and moving around because we wanted to make sure that nothing was contaminated and we didn't also want to overwork the already overworked facilities personnel. Well, sounds simple, right? We got a solution. Yeah, came up with a little bit of scheduling problems. Uh, we had to make sure that all these groups got in and they all learned the same material. Some days to us instructors felt like Groundhog Day. It was like we were doing the same thing over and over again. But we were able to get that material out to the students and get them the required hands-on time. And to ensure that every student was engaged and continued with the learning process when their group was not in the, the campus for a hands-on lab, they were given an online assignment that was only open during the time that they would have been in class. Therefore, every student was doing some sort of work and they were doing something to keep that educational process going. Well, this went on for summer of 2020, fall of 2020, and spring of 2021. By the time we got to summer of 2021, the restrictions started to relax a little bit as more people became vaccinated and we started to get this pandemic a little bit under control. We were able to bring students back onto campus for longer periods of time. By fall of 2021, we were given the green light that we could actually bring 20 students back into the classroom. We still had to maintain social distancing. They still had to wear masks if they were unvaccinated. And we still tried to keep everything as clean as possible. Facilities is still to this day doing a wonderful job keeping the campus clean. But overall, the restrictions have been relaxed and we have sort of gone back to the way we were pre-pandemic. So how did that affect our students over the pandemic? Well, at the end of the day, when I did the report right before this podcast episode, we had lost a little over 1% of our students. And some of that was from students who maybe uh, parents or a spouse and household, they couldn't work as much as they could before. So this student had to pick up the slack to contribute to the household. 
Some students had to take care of parents or elderly uh, people in their family. And some students, quite frankly, just weren't, weren't okay enough to come in. They were still a little fearful of everything that was going on, and I don't blame them. So to go through a pandemic and only lose a little over 1% of our students, I think that says a lot about the school, the instructors, myself, our dean, and how our program works. We did videos during the pandemic showing the, the community how we were continuing to teach and educate these students in a very, very safe manner while this pandemic was going on. And you know what? As a result of that, guess what happened to my program? Our waiting list actually increased. We now have more students that want to come through our program. And I think part of that is, yeah, there's an additional shortage of technicians out there, but students were able to see and access information showing that we were able to still put out quality education during something that rocked the world. And so maybe they said, hey, I'm going to give this place a shot. So that's something I really, really am happy about. And real quick, uh, our retention and graduation rate fell by about 2% during the pandemic. But it is slowly starting to come back up because while some of those students that I had mentioned before had to actually start working more to contribute to the household, turns out what they're doing is they're actually coming back now that things are starting to relax and, and maybe the members in their household are getting back to work so they don't have to work as much. And I've actually seen a couple of students took a couple semesters off and guess what? Now they're back. I guess if I'm going to look for a silver lining in this COVID, one of the, the silver lining things is the amount of federal funds that we received for our program. We received more federal funds in 2021 than our program has received since I've been there. As a matter of fact, this has given me an idea for another episode where I'm going to talk about all of the Perkins and her funds that we received not only to give our lab a makeover, make it even more safe, bring it really up to date, but some of the additional equipment, tools, and teaching aids that we received as part of this funding. So as I speak to you, it is spring of 2022, and COVID for the most part is, is under control. It's still here, and maybe it's going to be a part of our life moving forward, but it certainly isn't like it was two years ago, thank God, or even a year ago. We have gotten much better with it. Uh, we've gotten back to sort of a somewhat normal life, or as I like to say, what the new normal is. So does that mean we just go back to the way things were and we forget about everything we did? Absolutely not. You know, I think we took a lot away from this pandemic. As I said at the beginning, it really caused us as instructors to re-examine the way that we taught and sort of look at the way we did things. And there are things that we did over the COVID pandemic that we are going to keep and we are going to move forward with. And that is because of student feedback. There are certain things that happen that the students really appreciated that we are going to keep doing. One of the things that we're going to do is we're still going to keep some form of an online presence. I am instructing my other instructors and myself to do three online meetings a semester with the students. Usually it's the first day, the sort of meet and greet, welcome back, this is how we do CDX, this is what we're going to cover in semester, and then maybe the midterm review and the final review we can do online. Now, this is going to accomplish a couple things. First of all, God forbid, we have another pandemic. We're not caught back on our heels like we were initially with COVID. It is in place. The students are familiar with it. And we can move forward with that education uninterrupted. And then the other part of it is, 
if something happens, you know, we're in Georgia, if we get a half inch of ice and they shut the state down, we have a water main break, or one of us instructors has something personal that happens and we cannot make it up for an in-person class, we can send out an email to the students, meet online quickly, and again, at least do something so we don't fall behind in their education. When we were doing all of the online stuff during the pandemic, we were recording every session. When it was in the classroom, when we were doing it from home, we would make recordings of it and we would give those recordings to the students to use as a study aid or maybe to go back because they didn't quite understand something we talked about or maybe they had a little bit of a, a internet connection and they had to go back and review stuff. Well, the students said, you know what, they really like that because we live in an age where they really don't want to look at the hard books or physical books, but when they get ready to study or prepare for a quiz or a test, it's nice to have that material that we talked about in class. So they would take those recordings, and even if they didn't watch them, they would listen to it, and they could hear what we talked about and use it as a study guide. So even when we are in class and we have a classroom full of students and we're doing a lecture or a theory, we are still going to record that and give these students a copy of that because they really wanted that. We've invested in some better audio video equipment and some editing software, and we are going to continue making videos to put on our YouTube channel, the, school's, uh, the program's YouTube channel. The students can use that when they're in lab. They can also use that to help them, again, prepare for an exam or a quiz. And then we're going to take it one step further. I've added a couple of things to it. Again, another episode, so you might want to stay tuned, but I'm going to talk about how we're going to expand some of that social media presence and that audio video presence. And the other thing we're going to do is we are going to continue with split groups depending on the circumstances. Let me give you an example. For our climate control class, we only have four AC machines. So it doesn't make sense to have all 20 students come in when we only have four machines that they can work with. So in a class like that, we would bring in group A and group B. We can break it down to two students per piece of equipment. They get more hands-on time. They get a little bit more proficient with the equipment. And that was a result of the smaller groups in COVID. And the student response to that was very, very positive. They felt like they walked away more comfortable with whatever equipment they were working on during class. So that's a part of our program moving forward. More than anything, the biggest positive of this whole experience is we did not have any serious COVID-related issues with our students or any of our staff. We didn't have any deaths. We didn't have any serious, serious illnesses. The students as a whole were great. We didn't have to reprimand one student or ask one student to leave because they didn't wear a mask. They embraced it. They did the social distancing. They really kind of came into their own to ensure not only their safety, but our safety as well, and continue on with that education. I think more than anything, we proved that no matter what happens, we can provide safe, uninterrupted, quality education to any student who comes to Gwinnett Tech. In my opinion, my humble opinion, I think the program is better now than it's ever been. And I think it's going to be an example and, and be a really good part of the community for a very long time. We are going to continue on with our mission, which is keeping this industry full with quality technicians and quality employees. Well, that's it for this episode. Never thought I would do an episode like this, but I'm glad I did. It was a great learning experience. I hope that you 
as my audience, understand the effort that we put in there to continue on with our mission and to be safe. Hopefully you learned a little something along the way, and hopefully you're proud of what we did as much as we are proud of what we did. So remember, if you have any questions or, or want to know more about the 140 different programs that we have here at Gwinnett Tech, including automotive technology, again, visit our website at gwinnetttech.edu. You can go to the sections for each program and you can contact the personnel in that program and they'll gladly answer any questions you may have. So despite everything that may be going on in the world, despite all the punches we get sometimes to try to knock us down, despite this pandemic, I want my audience to remember one thing. Technicians keep the world rolling.